Raquel? Yeah. Do you know what time it is? What time is it? It's lunchtime with Ace and Co. Wow. Would you listen to that intro? Those vocals? Woo! Killed it. So, how are you, my little biscuit potato? <laughs> good. How are you, honey? I'm good. Are you excited for today's show? I'm really excited. I'm even more excited that it is now a podcast, which is so rad. This is the best part. I think, honestly, it's you can now take us with us. You can take us with you wherever you go, mm-hmm. even if you don't want to fucking listen to us. <laughs> it could be background noise. <laughs> That is all good. (laughs) I would hope that nobody's just listening to this. I hope they're doing something else at the same time. That I kind of hope people are just like, you know, laying in bed, kicking up their feet, just listening to our voices. It makes me very happy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to know that we are in bed with a few people. (laughs) I'm very excited about that. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. So what are you eating today for lunch? So I'm kind of a boring eater when I'm working from home, I tend to eat the same stuff over and over again. So for lunch today, I typically chop up an avocado, I add salsa to it, and I do an apple with peanut butter, and then I make more coffee. And that is my lunch for today. God, you're so fucking white. (laughs) (laughs) Like painfully white. Isn't that the worst? (laughs) And I eat it like every day. That's the sad part. Oh my God, I would die. What are you eating for lunch today? Okay, so I'm having Taco Bell, and but <laughs> here's the thing about Taco Bell, and here's something that a lot of people don't know is like a lot of people are like Ugh, Taco Bell's so disgusting, whatever. I don't like those people, but <laughs> a lot of people don't know that when you get a Taco Bell bean burrito, you can get it grilled, mm. and it is life changing because it's crunchy on the outside, but still like nice and soft and yummy on the inside. It actually sounds amazing. So yeah, next time you go to Taco Bell, you're going to ask for it grilled. And then you're going to want everything grilled. I kind of want one right now. soft taco grilled. (laughs) You can't do that. You're like, make it happen. Like, you have to. Oh, (laughs) I love that. So our new segment, we kind of changed it up from earlier, but we have now called it In the Shitter and the Golden Turd. So this is kind of our high-low for the week. So Mm -hmm. do you want to start with your In the Shitter moment? Yeah. So this is not like horrible. This is very <laughs> like a, I feel like a privileged low, but my dog, so my kids have a dog that we got for Christmas. Well, Santa brought this dog, right? We got her from the pound is the true story. And she's a very sweet dog, but she's a giant pain in my ass most days. And every morning when I wake up, she has peed on the rug in our bathroom, right? It's just something she does. There's a dog door right next to it, but she likes to pee on the rug. Well, this morning I forgot. And I should just put the rug up at night, but it's just like another task. I just forget. And this morning I woke up. I was like, oh, this is a really good day. You know, the sun is shining. The kids are still sleeping. I'm going to go take a shower. And I stepped right in the pee and I lost my shit. So that was my low. (laughs) (laughs) Even though it's fine and Louis still living and the rug is being washed. It's all fine. Uh, But my high for this week, I'm really, really excited um, Your golden turn. I'm so sorry. My golden turn for the week. See <laughs> some getting used to. It, it will. It'll take a little bit getting used to. Is I bought a film camera. And I am going to be diving into film. And I'm really, really excited. I used to shoot film a long, long time ago. Um, and not very well. Um, but one of my best memories uh, from my childhood with my father. We moved around a lot. Um, but in one of our houses that we had, we had a dark room. And my dad used to shoot 
uh, food photography, which is interesting, but he did. And it wasn't his main job. It was, he was in the military too, but it was like the one thing that I bonded with him over. And we used to uh, work in the darkroom together and I really loved it. So I'm really excited uh, to get back into film. And uh, so, yeah, that was my golden turd for the week. That's a good golden turd. Although I will say film seems like you have to have so much patience and I don't, yeah. I don't have it. Yeah. I'm really, I'm excited because this next year um, I'm, I'm not taking any client work this next year. That's like my big, my big personal push, my creative push. I'm very excited. And so I'm going to really be doing only personal work with this. Um, so shooting my kids on real film and I, I'm stoked. I really, really am. So uh, I'll be really horrible for a while and hopefully I get better, but it, it's really fueled my fire creatively. So I'm really excited. That's fun. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just... <laughs> oh man. Okay. So my in the shitter moment this yeah. week was a client who we had kind of been scheduling for a while and, um, it was it was fine. It was a, it was twins high school senior sessions and everything was fine. And then like the day before the session, she sent me over this email and it was like a whole list of ideas and stuff. And I was just kind of like, first of all, a lot of my clients, they don't send me ideas. Not that that's wrong or anything. It just doesn't normally happen. And then um, she sends over the ideas and they're not really ideas that I would ever normally do. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote to her and I was just kind of like, hey, um, I don't think I'm going to be a right fit for you. Like mm -hmm. I want you to have what you want and I don't think that I'm going to be right for you. So I think maybe we should go our separate ways. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of like backed down and was like, no, like we trust you. We want to do what you do or whatever. And then we kind of talked about location and I did something that I don't normally do. And I sent her a gallery of a certain location that we were going to maybe use. And she was like, okay, she got him together. Yeah, some in there that I like, is there, another spot that's different and i was like okay so then i sent it and then she wrote back and was like yeah i don't think we're a good fit and i'm like F are you fucking kidding me i tried breaking up with you first and then i had to let you break up with me oh no wait so this was the mom of the seniors yeah 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 oh man that's why i don't with i i honestly don't love senior photography not that i don't oh, love working with kids that age it. i know you're so good at it too i don't think i'm good at it which is probably why i don't like it the most but i will be honest with you like that kind of stuff i'm like these aren't for you these are for your children and they are grown enough to know what they like let's do what they want to do like that's that would bother me so much oh I'm so sad and, that you didn't get to break up with her first. <laughs> I know. The funny thing is, is that never happens. Like I never, and I should have known yeah. like from the beginning, like since this is happening, it's not a good fit. And I even said it wasn't a good fit. Yeah. And then I got broken up with. Oh, oh. Like, God damn it. I was, I had one foot out the door already. And then she asked, she, she brought you back in a little bit and then she's like, hmm, mm -hmm. pass. <laughs> <I'm so amazing. laughs> oh my gosh. It's kind of like that guy who's like, you know, let's get back together. Can you give me a blow job? And then when you finish, he's like, <laughs> yeah, actually I think I'm good. And you're like, God damn it. <laughs> you, were, you were too teethy. And you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh God. Okay, okay, but my high, yeah. Or my golden turd of the week is this podcast. Like I'm excited oh. that we move past the Instagram live and all yeah. that stupid shit. And I'm glad that people can go <laughs> back and listen to all of the gold that we share. Well, it's, um, it's solid gold. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you. And, and I, I loved being able to like banter back and forth live. I thought that was really cool, but you know, and, and I was actually talking to, I did another interview the other day. Um, the audio didn't work 
on that live either. So I, I wound up doing a more of a podcast role there, but it's a free service. Instagram is a free service. The technology just isn't there to be able to, to, to rely on it as part of, you know, what you're doing consistently. And so it can be for fun. Um, and I'll still go live for fun, but this is just better. And, uh, and I'll be honest with you with the number of people that were tuning in and wanting to, to be a part of this, it, it just, it just made more sense to turn it into something that could exist on our website and exist on iTunes and they could revisit it and it wouldn't go away. So I love, I love this. I'm stoked too. This is going to be so much fun. I'm excited. Yes. Okay. So your flashback favorite, the thing <laughs> that in you used to do or a photography trend that you thought was so great at the time. And now you regret <laughs> everything in you. <laughs> I'm going to go first. Go Mine first. was, Mine was props and not that I'm against props, but I used to have an entire storage unit. I used to have a business around props. Like mm -hmm. I could not go to a session without <laughs> props and not just one prop, not just like, Oh, let's bring like a little wood box. It was like, no, let me bring a goddamn sofa. <laughs> let me bring a chair and let me carry all of it out into this remote location. Yep. And I don't miss them. No, I don't blame you. <laughs> but do you know what the good part of that was? That's how we met. You that is that? true. That's how we met. You were you were also in the props, and you were like, you know what? Let me rent some of those. Bad I boys. rented so many props from you. I actually did. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> when I was really new, and I look back on this, and I'm like, oh man, I can't believe they they featured this. But and the people were beautiful. It's just that I was very new at photography. Um, but I did this piece, and it was for a magazine. I was very, very new and I was really excited and I wanted it to be the best that I could possibly be. So I rented like a shitload of props from you, remember? And I was yeah. like all the suitcases, the wagon, chairs, uh, some other stuff, some blocks. I don't even remember. And put them all out in the middle of the field and I set up this whole elaborate thing up. I got balloons. Oh, it was amazing. And it got put in a magazine and now I think about that. I'm like, oh God, I hope it's not still floating around somewhere. But um that's how we met. I'll never forget when, when your wife was like, I was like, who do I make the checkout to? And she was like, Ace Fanny. And I was like, hmm, that's an interesting name. <laughs> I'll never forget that. It was so awesome. I'm so, so I'm grateful. I'm grateful for props and our use of them are, are overused. <laughs> oh man. But I'm going to have to go for with my flashback favorite before I was even really shooting with my DSLR that I am now, um, when I was just doing point and shoots and stuff was sepia. Sepia was dope. I mean, that I, I remember the feeling like you just click that on and you were like, wow, this is fucking amazing. Like all my pictures should look like this. And I have so many prints, which, you know, the, those files are gone. I can't re-edit them. Those are what I have. <laughs> it's very, you know, wild, wild west, like. Very wild, wild west, <laughs> which I was strangely drawn to. But as we're, you know, most of us were because it was gorgeous right i mean that's that was oh, the feeling sure. it gave you <laughs> for sure i mean uh, between a good like sepia print and then a selective black and white yeah. and then a black and white with a color hue to it that's not sepia it's more like bluish mm -hmm. black and white and you're like oh i'm an artist welcome <laughs> to my world it's amazing it was the best ever but you know what it's so funny because 
as as horrible as some of those things were man that was fun it was so fun and like to see the the growth from there and all of the things that we used to do and then how we turned that into what we're doing now and even more like I even think of like in five years why I look back at this stuff and be like oh god what was I thinking you know uh probably in a little way a little bit (laughs) we'll have a flashback favorite in five years when we were doing whatever it is we're doing right now and be like oh god oh it's awesome Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. You guys are going to get to hear a nice little ad, and then we will be back answering your guys' questions. See you then. Unraveled Academy is a photography school and community where every photographer is welcome, no matter their story or skill level. With jam-packed courses from industry experts, networking opportunities, access to mentors, and an inclusive, nurturing community, We offer artists a place to grow and create without fear of judgment and become masters of their own unique creative journeys. If you'd like to join us, go to theunraveledacademy.com. We have a seat at our table ready for you. Hey, lunchtimers. The Unraveled Academy is offering our listeners something better than Taco Bell burritos. One free month at the Academy. Use the code lunchtime to get one free month at one of the best places to learn. We can't wait to see you guys there. All right. Welcome back, everybody. So now we're going to dig into the Ask Ace and Co. section of the show. And for those of you that have not tuned in before, this is where people can email us or message us on Instagram um, and ask a question that they might be too nervous to ask in a public forum. Um, We are here to answer any and all of your questions. And I promise you, if you're thinking it, somebody else's too. So the purpose of this is to really help people um, and shed light on, you know, with some of our experience and help in the best way we possibly can. Um, So I'm going to kick it off with question number one. Um, This person asked, I am headed into busy season and I feel like I am spending hours editing sessions and I can never get my head above water. How do I save time? Oh gosh. Well, I will be the first person to say that Lightroom saved my life. Before I met Ace, actually, Ace, for those of you who don't know, Ace was my mentor. He was my first mentor, and he was just life-changing for me. Um, and we could talk about mentors later, but it, it literally is an investment worth, worth doing. Um, I was editing everything in Photoshop. And it would take me in between 10, 15, 20 minutes sometimes on an image for a set of 25. You add that up it, it, to only deliver 25 images. It was ridiculous. And so when I learned Lightroom and when I learned how to even batch edit and sync and then go in and do minor tweaks later and using my brushes effectively and having a really structured workflow, oh man, I took my editing time for one session. I was editing for, let's say, six or seven hours for one session to deliver 25, 30 images down to being able to deliver 100 images in one hour. And that is life-changing for me. Lightroom changed the, changed the game for me. I think people don't even realize too, that Lightroom is so amazing just for the fact that like, you can see all of your stuff right there with Photoshop. You have to open each picture individually. And unless you're using bridge or some other sort of plugin for Photoshop, then you have to, you know, it's just a fucking mess. And Lightroom is so nice because it's all right there for you. It is. And the other thing that I would add to people is like, 
you spend all this time trying to get your editing right and you put all of this energy into that. And what I want to tell you is like spend time getting to know your camera, getting to know your settings, getting to know your lighting, get it as good in camera as you can. And then you don't have to spend hours upon hours constantly mm-hmm. editing, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, it's very big spoiler, and we have not gone public with this in any capacity, but we had a meeting this morning with Mr. Ace Fanning about a workshop that he's going to be creating just about this concept. So stay tuned for that because I'll be honest with you. What Ace taught me, I literally changed my life, literally changed my life, and I was able to take more clients, less editing time, more time for myself and my family. Um, and, and I agree, getting it right in camera and not being so reliant on the edit it is a it's a game changer. So that's a really good addition, babe. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so question two is I had a client complain that their session was not what they imagined and listed all the things they don't like about <laughs> it. How do you handle complaints? First of all, what a fucking bitch. Like <laughs> we don't need a list of all the things that you don't like about it. Simply saying it's not what they imagined kind of sums it up. But <laughs> sure does. you got a bitchy client. So mm-hmm. here's the thing though. And I I really stand by the fact that it's it's you have to be aware of what you're putting out there and what you're giving back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always explain to people that you have to lose a little bit of the artistry when it comes to a client work in the sense of you have to be dependable. You have mm-hmm. to be able to say like they have to be able to go to your website and they know exactly what they're getting. It can't be changing like from one shoot to the next. You're completely different photographer with a completely different style and mood and aesthetic to your work. And I I would work on that. This one client is obviously a piece of shit and they're annoying (laughs) and we blame them. We blame them for you. But I want you to realize that like really go back and look at your stuff and say, you know, what am I putting out there and what am I getting back? And is that consistent? And the more consistent you get when they come back to you and say, that's not what I imagine. You can be like, well, what the fuck did you imagine? Because God damn it. It's exactly like everything else I right. do. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I gotta be honest. If I had a nickel for every time I got a message about from another photographer about something like this, it, it really is. It's common. And it, here's my advice too. Yes. Have a cohesive body of work. That's super important. You're going to push client work if you want a book session. They need you need to have a recognizable and and cohesive brand. Yes, but you are also in business, and sometimes because we do creative work, it's it's very personal. We put a lot of time and energy into this. Most of us are you know quote unquote self taught. We have dumped so much heart and soul and blood and sweat and tears and loss of family time and personal time and all that into building this business. So when someone comes back and says, this is not what I imagined, it's devastating to us. I urge you to take a step back and realize it's a business transaction. And and a lot of clients look at it like that. They do. They look at it at like, I paid for a service and the service isn't up to my whatever standards, my, you know, probably predetermined standards that you were never going to meet, but still it's a business transaction. So you can look at it like that, or you can let it tear your heart and soul out, which I really, really try because I'm very sensitive to this, very sensitive. And I've had two complaints in my career and both devastated me majorly. And so it changed how I did stuff, but I also, it urged me to look at it as a business, which it is. Um, So hopefully that helps you a little bit. This is a side story, but I, I've only had, I want to say I've had three or four complaints in my years of doing business. Um, And 
one of them sent me to the ER (laughs) (laughs) because I had a panic attack about Mm -hmm. just, and it was right when I was very first beginning. And you know, that's when it really hurts. Like now if someone's going to come to me and complain, I'm going to be like, why? Like, what are you complaining about? Like, I, I know that I'm dependable. I know what I give back and stuff like that. And so it doesn't hurt me. Like it does in the beginning when you're very insecure. Um, but yeah, I ended up in the ER and it was just a panic attack. (laughs) It was not a heart attack, (laughs) but I get it. Like, I just, I want people to realize like if you get a complaint and it hits you in the balls and Mm -hmm. you want to cry your eyes out, we've all been there. We have all been there. Oh my gosh. I'll never forget my first one. I was devastated, completely devastated. And what I did wrong with this, I was new to the business thing. I was new to everything really. And what I did wrong was that it was a referral from a family that I loved, but they had never seen my work ever. And so what they wanted was a very posed, um, you know, sitting in front of the waterfall, the fake waterfall at the park type picture, which is fine. But they wanted that, and what I gave, which I loved, I loved their session actually. Even even now, a couple years later, I, I still I love it. I thought it was beautiful. I thought I did a good job, but it was more unposed, like the work I do currently. And she just hated it. She hated everything about it. She ripped it apart, and I wound up just giving her a refund and giving her the images and sending her on her way. Which honestly, Ace and I have talked about this before. If I have somebody who is that mad about their gallery. And we're not going to sort this out. They, they've already made up their mind and, and I don't have time to do a reshoot and I don't want to do a reshoot because this is a family I'm never going to photograph again and I don't want their referral either. I give them their money back and we split ways and, and very politely because I work my business off of two things, primarily social media and word of mouth. That's how I get my bookings. And I wasn't going to get anything off of her for the future. And I didn't want to work with her again. And she definitely didn't want to work with me again. So I just gave her her money back and called it a day. And the stress that was lifted from that experience, I can't even explain it. And I know that that's not always, you know, possible. Um, you know, when, when funds are tight, when you have to pay your light bill and stuff like that, but it, it just alleviated all of it. And then she was polite and we, we split ways and everything was fine. And we didn't have to fight over the, the intricacies of what she hated about my session, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So the next question is my business blew up faster than I planned, which is a good thing. But now I am looking at my schedule and my entire holiday season is booked and I'm worried I won't have time for my family. So this actually is a great question um, because it goes into my challenge. Uh, But I've been there. Um, and yes, it is a good thing. And we learn lessons from overbooking and especially during holiday season, it's really hard to say no. It's hard to say no to people in general, but it's also hard to say no to the money as it comes in, especially if you're, if you're doing more seasonal work, but I will tell you, set yourself office hours, have specific times that you are going to edit and during the day and don't go outside of those times. Obviously when you're in crunch time and if you're not meeting you know, your demand, then we have to do a couple late nights and learn for next year. But if you can set yourself specific chunks of time where your kids aren't around or your partner leaves you alone and you are there to work, you can bust out a bunch of stuff um, and, and get through it and then have time for your family afterwards and, and don't work during that time and, and know that you get another set of office hours the next day or whenever it might be. But that is my biggest, and I preach this office hours, office hours, dedicated office hours to your creative work. It is mandatory. I think 
I'm not really going to give you much advice on this because that would be like my fat ass giving you diet advice. Um, <laughs> I'm not necessarily the best at this, but what I, one thing that I do make sure that I do with my business is I don't work when the sun is down. So like um, I don't, and again, I don't have kids and I always tell people that like, you know, my hours are very different, but like for me, I can't shoot if the sun is down. Um, I can't. And I make sure like I'm not working when the sun is down in my office or anything like that, because it's, it, it just gives me that hour of, or that time to be like, Hey, sun's down. I'm done game over mm -hmm. and whatever it is, like I'll do it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I'll wake up early or whatever. But like I said, I can't really give advice on this because I am kind of a workaholic and I'm not good about this either. <laughs> well, I think we're all a little bit of a workaholic when we love what we do. I know I am. The, the game changer for me was having setting the boundary, not only for myself, but for my family too. And it's really hard when you're working from home. And I know a lot of us can attest to this concept is that it is in, if you're a mom and you're working from home and your kids are at home, it is a nightmare. It is a nightmare. You are answering an email, getting a juice box, answering another email, wiping an ass. Then you're trying to edit an image and the kid's like, mom, 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 mom. And it's constant. And it's, it's impossible to sit down and get a good chunk of work done. When I finally made it mandatory to have my specific hours where like, it's like I'm not here. I am at work. It's like I'm in an office. I don't exist to you guys. And had my husband deal with that. <laughs> and made it more of a consistent thing, man, I can bust out a lot of work in a four-hour chunk of time. And then I'm available to them after that. Um, and, and that was a game changer for me. So uh, I can't preach about that enough. Okay, next question is, my sister-in-law my sister-in-law, and I went into business together, and I feel like I'm carrying all the way to the business, mm. but she's getting equal pay. What do I do? Ooh. Oh. I feel like this happens a lot. I think a lot of people think like, oh, you know, we're both kind of stay at home moms and we kind of want to go into business, but we don't want to do it on our own. Let's do it together. It'll be fun. But then I feel like it always happens where someone ends up carrying all the weight and then you get angry and stuff like that. And so I think the advice that I would give you is maybe not the advice you're looking for, but you got to cut fucking ties. Mm -hmm. You got to cut it off because I think at the end of the day, family is so much more important than mm -hmm. any business venture. Um, and I mean, there you can try and have the honest conversation, but I think it's probably going to hurt feelings. She's going to go home and she's going to tell her husband like this fucking bitch. Are you <laughs> kidding me? And then, you know, and then it's just like, it's tension and stuff like that. And I don't know, maybe I'm a pessimist, but I would say, I would cut it off and I would focus on doing this yourself and just say like, you know, I kind of want to do something by myself. Maybe your feelings be a little bit hurt, but you're not saying, Hey, you're a lazy ass and I need you to step it up. Right. Well, here, here's what years of therapy brings to the table. Are you ready? Um, <laughs> I have learned that this is a just a common relationship example across the board, whether you're married to a person, friends with a person, working with a person, this will come up and it's the underlying resentment that is fed by people only knowing their own story. So your sister-in-law might think that she's doing X, Y, and Z and you don't appreciate her. So it's the underappreciation value. And then you're doing X, Y, and Z and, and you're underappreciated. So everybody's underappreciated, nobody's understood, and it's all quiet resentment. So 
this is what destroys marriages. This is what destroys friendships. This is what destroys working, you know, business relationships. You have to be honest. So yeah, although I do feel, I agree with Ace in that this might not be a good business endeavor for you and you might want to consider doing something on your own, splitting it up, you have to be honest and look at the other person's side as hard as it might be to look empathetically at the other person's side. It's a, it's mandatory if you want to be successful with a business partner. And, uh, and I could preach about that all day too, but again, years of therapy. (laughs) Well, and you know what I think about it and I think about Caitlin and I and our business and everything. And it's like, obviously for us, the money's all going to the same place. So we don't have that necessarily financial distribution of, you know, she's getting some of the money. I'm getting some of the money. We're all, we're both working for the same pot, but what I do know that we've learned is that we can't we have to have separate jobs. We cannot do the same job. We can't try and tell each other how to do their job because that's when fights happen. And that's when we get fed up with each other. And that's when it's like, you know, and so we've just learned you give each other your own role and you do your job and you are your own boss of that role. And it makes it a lot easier. And so maybe, I don't know, like, I don't know what this business looks like. Are you both going to shoots together? Are you, you know, and then honestly, like, do you really need two photographers at one shoot? I know it's interesting. I see a lot. I see a lot of it. I see a lot of pairings, um, and some are really successful, and uh, others struggle. Um, and and I get like the initial idea behind it. I mean, I would love that. I mean, but I also couldn't imagine running like there's just different business types, and and I'm not totally sure what what your business is. So um, I think that that would be helpful to know. But if it's a photography business where you're going and shooting, doing client work you can do that on your own for sure. Um, okay. So the last question is my personal work and my client work are drastically different. And I struggle with how to share both without clients getting confused about what they are getting. Okay. We teach a lot about this. So my career shifted dramatically and essentially took off as far as client work goes when I stopped being different in regards to my client work versus my personal work, because I was shooting and editing my children and my personal work very differently than I was my client work. And it was because of the perceived notion of what clients wanted. And when I stopped doing that, and when I took my personal work and what I love, and I merged that with my client work so that they were cohesive, my my game changed. Um, and I started booking out and people really loved what they were getting. People book me for that work for because it was my heart, because that's what I really wanted to do. I don't agree with having a different style for your client, your personal work. It should be what you love. Now, there's also the element of needing to, you know, make an income and and, and all of that. But I promise you that if you go with your heart, that will follow. What do you think, Ace? I think that's exactly it. I think if you're passionate about what you're doing and I would think obviously you're passionate about your personal work. Like I think sometimes, you know what happens? I think people think a business has to be a specific way. Mm-hmm. So they, they look at their friends who are successful and they're like, well, my friend does it like this and this is what I have to do. And this is the only way that I'll ever make money. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, guess what? Your friend's already fucking doing that. So how about you do your own unique thing and offer them what you're doing in your personal work. And I promise you that's what's going to speak volumes to them. Mm -hmm. They're going to feel your passion and they're going to want to book you off of that. And I get it. Like I, I have struggled with this exact same thing. I think it's something we've all struggled with. And for me, 
my personal work is different in the sense of I like to work with models and I like to work with fashion. I like to do things that are not necessarily, you know, it's not something you could just copy and paste a family into or a high school senior right. into. Um, and, but I always, the looks are kind of there. And I, and I think that's because I feel very passionate about what my style of photography is. Right. Where I kind of change things is more in like the ideas and stuff like that. But I always try to make sure that I have a cohesive look. When you look at a picture, you can be like, oh, that's Ace Fanning. Oh, you know? absolutely. Oh, no, I can't right away. I see your images and I know right away that it's yours. That's Ace in his dirty little booty. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Does someone smell a fart? Because I think Ace is around. <laughs> I can smell him. Oh. I shouldn't laugh so much at my own jokes. You do laugh so. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> Best part. Oh my god. Oh my god. So hopefully you guys. I mean, hopefully these questions have helped you. Um, and again, yeah. you guys can always send us questions. Yes. Uh, our email is lunchtimeaceandco at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Um. And we never, like we you just saw, we don't read people's identities. We don't try to out people, um, like people like the one who has the business with her sister-in-law. Like that's probably not something she wants out there for her nosy ass sister-in-law to hear. <laughs> right. But there are going to be a couple of sister-in-laws being like, oh, was that about me? Was that you? I know. <laughs> yeah. Be like, nope, just deny it. But we do. We want you guys to write in and ask questions. This is important. Um, this is just opening a dialogue with honest communication, and and we want that. That this is important for our community. All right. Are you ready for challenge time? I'm so ready for challenge time. Okay, so <laughs> every every episode, we try to leave you guys with a challenge, something that you guys can take and implement into your own business. Um, and it doesn't. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're not into photography, that's okay. You can still do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to make them universal-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Ish, yes, absolutely. Okay, go um, ahead. Okay, so my challenge this week is I want you guys to sit down and I want you to rewrite your bio. And your bio can be your Instagram bio, it can be your website bio. And some things that I want you to think about is your bio is your one opportunity to really just get yourself completely out there. Mm-hmm. If your bio is something like, let me think. Um, hi, Ace Fanning here. I love photographing moments and I love photographing beautiful people. Um, photographer, tree lover, <laughs> bye. It's like, shut the fuck up. Like we already know. Okay. I want you guys to write something that's real about you. Things that it's your voice. It's things that you love to do, things that you feel passionate about. And like, we don't need one time for it to say photographer in there. Yep. Everything you're selling us in your um, in your feed and on your social media, that should tell us you're a photographer. Yep. But we want to know, who are you? Right. right. I love that. Oh, my God. Your voice cracks me up. Okay. <laughs> so, All right, Cole, let's hear your challenge. So my challenge, which I spoke a little bit about, is – Set office hours. When you're doing creative work, this can be something that feels like it's not essential, but it is. You have to have dedicated office hours to do your work, to edit, to sit there and look at the computer if you have to while you figure your shit out, but you have to have dedicated time. Set your office hours, and then outside of those office hours, you don't work and you're present for your family. And I promise you, this will be life-changing. So just do it. 
God, you threw them a fucking hard one, man. I did. I know. Way, way harder than last week. Take a picture of yourself, right? (laughs) (laughs) Take a picture of yourself, and then this week, completely turn your life upside down and make it happen. (laughs) Make it happen. This is where change starts. You have to just do it. You have to just go for it. I'm dreading this challenge already for myself. You have to do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my God. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. We love getting to spend our lunch hour with you. Mm-hmm. And we hope that you guys are enjoying spending your time with us. Yes. Tune in next week for more with lunchtime, Ace and Co. 